0: Hello everyone and welcome. I'm Lisa Morrell from Equine Alchemy and welcome to our summit, our global international summit for 2021, Transforming and Thriving Through Horse Wisdom. And I'm so honored that you've chosen to spend your time here with us and us meaning Kathleen Barry Ingram. Hi, Kathleen. Hi, how are you? Great. Good morning. <laughs> I'm so happy that you have agreed to be part of this. I don't know if uh, some of you may know this or not, but Kathleen is a mentor of, of mine, as well as a dear, dear friend, as well as just one of the foremost experts in the field of equine facilitated learning. In fact, I'm going to read you her fabulous bio right now. Kathleen Barry Ingram, MA, Leslie College, Counseling Psychology, uh, in 1987, a BA in the University of Colorado psychology, 1982. Are you getting that she's into psychology? Kathleen (laughs) has had a private practice in Tucson, Arizona, which is where we are now since 1991. She's also certified from the Pathfinder Foundation in short-term dynamic psychotherapy and is a board certified coach. Kathleen is a Tucson-based mentor, as I said, she's my mentor, lecturer, educator, and consultant specializing in assisting individuals in personal and professional growth and equine-facilitated learning. Her background as a counselor for 35 years enabled her to co-create, develop, and implement the Epona Apprenticeship Program, which is where I met Kathleen when I was uh, studying at Epona i just kind of didn't let go so we're still together this program trains people in the field of equine facilitated learning and she collaborated with author linda Kahanov from 1998 to 2007. today kathleen takes her experiences in counseling and efl to worldwide audiences as she engages with horses and people in depth balancing and integrating science, spirituality, wisdom, and psychology. She has developed an advanced mentorship program for professionals to learn from her experience and enhance their individual practices in EFL. In addition, Kathleen has helped to implement training programs in England, Canada, Australia, and the United States. So you can visit more and find out more about Kathleen at her website, which is the sacred place of possibility down below. You can click the, the link down below. So, wow, lots of good stuff.
1: I've been around for a while.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can. I know uh, people may or may not know the role that you played in the Epona program and we were we're just so happy that you can join us with all of your experience and also that you agreed to be part of this summit where the goal is to uh, not only further define and make more tangible what horse wisdom is but also how do we take it out into the world how do we take it out beyond just the experience with horses as someone who teaches equine uh, assisted coaching and is approved by the international co- coach federation that's part of the important part of the human role is after the magic of the horses what does the human do with it and as a psychologist I know you understand that as well so from that place I'd like to just have a conversation if that's okay
1: okay that'd be wonderful
0: Okay, so um, you had a certain way that, I, by the way, when I've had Kathleen uh, with me in many workshops, and she often asked me, well, what do you want me to do? And I said, oh, just your kathleen So I'm going to start with you and ask you, what is this kathleen within the context of uh, It Takes Three?
1: Well, um, what I'll talk about a little bit at first, the kathleen just came from My experience of many, many years being an addiction counselor, working with eating disorders, seeing when I was in my office that there was things going on with people in their bodies and there really wasn't a way for me to get it. So I did different things. I learned Qigong, I learned uh, acupressure, I learned different things to work with people, but the main thing that made the biggest difference was the horses. And I want to make sure that I mentioned Barbara Rector and Ann Alden, and has since passed, but Barbara Rector is how I got started in this. And that's how I met Linda Kohana, because mm-hmm. Barbara, we always considered sort of the grandmother. They call me the grandmother now, too. because of my <laughs> I'll be there <laughs> soon. Yeah, <laughs> Here you are. Anyway, um, and so as I was thinking about this summit with you, and Lisa and I talk a lot, so she knows this is, these are words we talk about, but um, the main thing is, is that I started with Barbara Nan, and then I started working with Linda. So, And then, of course, I brought in my experience as a psychotherapist and addiction counselor. And the, the main thing was, was I was having a hard time at certain points articulating what was going on. Mm-hmm. So then um, I started doing more research in the science behind of what's going on, because as probably most of the people that are listening to this know that that it's come, you know, exponentially, so much much information now about the science of relationships. Mm -hmm. And relationships are what happens with with you and I, with the people we're speaking to today, and what happens with the horses. So the reason I call it, it takes three is there's three different areas where i talk about it takes three would you like me to talk about those
0: yeah because when you said i said what are you going to talk about you said it takes three and although i have seen this material from you i would love for you to share that yeah. with others.
1: okay so when i think about it takes three first of all i look about my at myself right and i think okay as a facilitator uh, what's going on with me today where's my arousal level how am i feeling where's my environment i always check that out and all my students have to write all that down when they have a session so that i can see that because that's i am a facilitator with a horse thank goodness but i'm a big part of it so like when i talk about it takes street, when i talk about working with the horses it's me it's you as the client and it's the horse that's three of us in relationship always remembering that you know in equal ways so i'm not sort of like telling you what to do um i'm not telling the horse what to do i'm looking at collaboration
0: hmm. which is all yeah. about
1: relationship I so that's it- the first takes three mm-hmm. okay the second takes three is the 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 limbic connection and that i got some of that information from a book um, called The General Theory of Love, written by three psychiatrists, and I'll be happy to share some of that information with people later on if they want that. Yeah, I but, can put it on the page below. Yeah, right, yeah, okay, and, and, and a man who now is very prolific named Daniel Siegel, and his book, his first book that I read was called Mindsight, what is it called, uh, New Science of Transformation. And so from those two books, I mean, there's many others, but from those two books, I came up with some of this, okay? So the limbic connection is what we're, we have right now. So we're, we're kind of checking each other out, okay? And so what happens first? Well, there's a resonance. So I say something and you go, hmm, I'm more interested in that. There's a resonance. And of course you see that with the horses. We see a client walking up to a horse or looking at a horse and, you could start to feel that there's a, there's a little bit of resonance or similarities, okay? Then, then the second thing that happens is then there's actually a, a choice. It's a choice between the horse and the client, between you and I, there's a limbic connection. So there's a connection, we have a connection. We've had, like with us, we would have a conversation. Working with the horses, you would see the client maybe uh, connecting with the horse in some way. The third of that particular triad is called um, limbic revision. So you and I have a conversation or the people that are listening to us today have a conversation and they actually start to revise maybe how they think about something. Mm -hmm. So there's a revision. So that's a limbic revision. So it's all about limbic connection. Now, we know, and one of my signature articles is implicit knowing versus
0: explicit knowledge <laughs> was no my worries no worries we're in
1: real life here <laughs> yeah i just put it down um so implicit knowing versus explicit knowledge now i always call it implicit knowing with the big k because that's what happens in relationship whether it's between you and i or whether it's between you and i and the horse the three of us is is we know now from research much, much longer lasting, which is supports our work in experiential learning. Mm-hmm. It's the implicit knowing that actually makes the change. Now, I'm talking to you today. I talked about some books. So that's explicit knowledge.
0: That's important.
1: But so you let know, me I can
0: something Go ahead. for sure. clarification. Now, sure. you said, uh, and all of this goes with this limbic revision. Yes. Yeah. So talk about a bit, and this has to do with the ex- implicit and explicit knowing, yes. a shift in perspective and limbic revision. Okay, perfect. Okay, good question. Okay. let me think. All right,
1: so let's say someone, I'm going to just give you an example of somebody having an experience with a horse, and so they, they, they choose a certain horse, there's a certain connection, and let's say they do something that we call reflective round pen. So they're not really quote, doing anything, but they're in with the horse. Right. Mm -hmm. And maybe they have had some sort of a trauma or a sorrow or something like that, that they don't feel right about talking about with other people, but they go and talk to the horse Mm -hmm. and we see it all the time, don't we? Mm -hmm. You know, so they're, they're in there and we're watching from the outside and we're not really like in there with them, but they're, we could tell there's something going on. You might see if it's emotional. You might see them, you know, start to cry. But you might see, you might feel in your body because you're feeling into your body. You might feel that there's some release. Now you don't know what's happening, right? right? So they come out of the round pen, and of course we say, you know, how was it for you? And anyway, ask that question, and they start talking about this thing they've been carrying. Like, I saw something. My grandson the other day was learning about carrying baggage you know from he's only 10 i don't think he has a lot of baggage but i work with a lot of people that carry a lot of stories right psychological
0: kind of, baggage we're talking yes about. exactly mean. I meant, yeah. <laughs> okay just wanted to clarify
1: i just thought it was cute that his teacher was talking about that
0: uh
1: uh-huh. um, but anyway yes yeah, psychological baggage so as a psychotherapist i'd be working with someone who had a long story about something that happened to them and in that story it was keeping them from thriving. You know, they survived, but they weren't thriving. They weren't moving forward. So the person comes out, going back to this again, comes out of the round pen and talks about their experience. And you can feel sort of just the weight's been lifted and the story is there, that's their history, but it changes their perspective about where they might wanna go forward. They realize they don't have to be stuck anymore. Mm-hmm.
0: So there was this implicit connection.
1: Yeah, and I'd say and i go like connection. this with
0: my heart. Yeah. Right. It was First, of course, we don't know what's going on. It's just happening. And then, at the and I always talk about the role of the human in this. Yes. So how was it, what happened? Then they can take that uh, emotional limbic experience or revision shift up into their frontal lobe and they talk about it. And that is the shift in perspective that they articulate. And that is the explicit, it becomes explicit at that point. Yes, yes. And, but the implicit
1: knowing stays with them. And our job, our job, okay. And this is where some facilitators, not you, because you're great, but some facilitators miss the mark is they don't really help people to ground that into them so that they could take it. So you were talking earlier about being a coach. And by the way, I got certified for my coaching through Lisa. I want to give her credit for that for our teaching. Oh, yeah. So they, so I'm working with someone as a psychotherapist or a coach, whatever the hat is, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. And I'm working with somebody and they have this experience with this horse. And then we have five or six sessions on the phone or through Zoom. Mm-hmm. And we're still, we're, we're, we're weaving that thread, right. you know, and we have an opportunity to maybe talk about that because mm-hmm. I saw it. I witnessed it. They felt it and I felt it in my body too, but I don't necessarily always tell them that, but,
0: right, right. but,
1: uh, but I did the, what I'm saying is when I felt it in my body, when I know that. Then I know that there's something true that was happening. They weren't just coming out telling me the story.
0: Right. That's a very important point, and certainly one that I've learned from you, Kathleen, is that just because you feel it does not necessarily mean you have to talk about it. Exactly. One thing it, it interrupts what may be going on with right. the client. Right. And also it uh, it it takes you and the client and the situation from here, into here. Exactly. and to here. Exactly. into to the Too head. Fast. Too fast. Too fast. Too quickly, absolutely. Because
1: our job is to, and with the revision part, our job is to help them to revise that neural pathway. I say, you know, it's like the neuro, the neural pathway to this part of the story was a superhighway. Mm-hmm. And they had this experience with the horse that like is a kind of a rutted path, but you're gonna help them to make that more the superhighway and the other one, they, you know, like I said, you don't forget it. It stays there, but it's not your story anymore. You're not living from the story. Mm. And when you mention that you've heard me say this. And so those people that are listening to this, that are therapists or facilitators or whatever, here's the big thing to remember when you are, you're feeling this sort of rise that you want to give some feedback or say something, go into your body, take a breath, say, is this for me? Or is this for them?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if it's for you, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Right. And the thing is what people do, especially new facilitators is they think they're going to forget. You won't forget.
0: No, not if it's in there. And that is only validating the implicit knowing. Exactly. Because you will not forget. This is one thing uh, that I know when I teach the coaching that i um, when they come out of the round pen, the point is not to go too quickly, as you said, into the head. And all of the coaching or therapy or whatever you're doing is really based upon being in that state, continuing that state that they were in with the horse because that's the deepening revision that you're talking about. So the learning learning. is actually coming from a different place.
1: From a different place.
0: Right. And you can combine what I've found, and you can tell me if this is, I'm saying it correctly, or you agree that we can um, actually further that uh, revision through how we feel into it, what we say, how gently we can take them into the head. All of that. It's so important for us to feel that in our body, but only in terms of being able to let. What needs to be revealed, reveal itself, which sounds so esoteric. But in fact, that is the art. It is the the art. And again, you know,
1: watching this for as many years as I have and seeing this, that's why it was important for me to get some of this explicit knowledge by reading these books Mm -hmm. to see what was happening. I remember when I first saw the with the horses, the, the limbic resonance. The limbic the regulation and then the limbic provision, which is our job as facilitators, okay, to help that. And that's where we carry it further. But when I first saw it, it was like, oh my God, that's what happens. That's what's happening. And it happens with everything that we do in our relationships.
0: Hmm. So I'd like for you, you said it, outlined it so quickly, and you did it at the beginning, but again, so there is the first step, which is the resonance. Right. Right. That's when this is when you're really assessing the situation, but you're also feeling the situation. right? Right. And
1: and and we don't ask people to explain that because they might not be able to tell you why they why they wanna let's stay with the horses for a minute, why they pick a certain horse to work with. But they're just really drawn to that and they go, I don't really know. Now we might know more about that horse. That horse may have had similar trauma, you know, whatever. But that's not we don't pick the horse. In other words, us as facilitators don't say, oh, well, you're going to work with this horse today, Mm -hmm. which is why, as you know, as a teacher, when you're talking to your students, you're saying, you know, you need to have a variety. Mm -hmm. Right. Of horses. Uh, Of horses. Yeah. So that, you know, people have and, you know, and we do that one exercise called "Meet the herd. Now, I just looked at my notes and I realized I was talking about three different things and the one thing that is always a stream, besides the limbic stuff, well, it's with the limbic stuff, is the three brain theory.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So before we go into that, I just want to reiterate that the, it takes three. The first is the limbic resonance. The second is the limbic...
1: Regulation.
0: Regulation. So in other words, something changes. My breathing will change. Uh-huh. Okay.
1: So maybe so, I'm... And we'll see that as we're watching someone so maybe i'm very anxious about going in with the horse you know i have these ideas mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden my breathing changes and what do we see happen to the horse they lick and chew or breathe out
0: or whatever yeah. or roll in the most well,
1: yeah yeah obviously it's always what a big compliment when they roll you know because that means you're congruent <laughs> they won't do it if you're incongruent
0: right so that's them.
1: the regulation
0: right then as a result of those two things yes it opens the way for the relationship exactly and that is the opening for the revision yes
1: a different way of being in the world a different way of thinking
0: and again that go ahead we don't want to take them out of that when they come outside of the round no 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 no. And, and critical
1: yeah what i've seen and and since i'm a psychotherapist i can say this okay is that a lot of times when I was working with people that had my kind of training, they started talking too soon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why I say, is this for me or is this for them? Right. And I go, just, shh. And I remember one student going, well, Kathleen, didn't you see that? I said, I don't miss much. <laughs> I said, but it's not the right time, you know? It's like anything, it's about timing. And what are we doing is we're respecting the
0: individual and we're respecting that relationship with the horse, and we would- have to be comfortable with not knowing exactly, and just holding that sacred space of possibility, which everyone came from Kathleen. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, we don't, we don't know. And you know, one thing I always say is, you will never be bored with this work because you really don't know. Mm. Now, you and I talked about. I think I was talking to you, maybe with someone else that I know the other day about how sometimes it's hard to work with people who have a yeah, we that have a certain idea about their horses. So they have their own projection. So projection is a big part too. So my horse is, uh, well, let me talk about my dog. Cause she's, well, she was over here, she's gone. My dog is named Angel, she's a little fluffy Shih Tzu. Okay, so Angel is da 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 da, right? But then Lisa comes in and Angel is different. Well, that's because that's that relationship. That's their regulation. That's their resonance, okay? And if I think that Angel will only be a certain way, then I keep her stuck, and then I keep you stuck. So a lot of times what will happen is people will have an idea about how their horses should be, going back to f therapy. And it's not really, it's not an opportunity for someone to be in the moment and have their, their own relationship. Obviously, there's always safety things.
0: Yes. It's just so critical. There's a couple of things that you said. One, yes, it's great to have a variety. And two, if you have one horse, that's perfect. Yeah, That's even more of an opportunity to not project or place your definition or behavioral traits on this horse, because this horse will respond differently to each person with a different relationship if you allow it to, have exactly. to pay attention that's right. right and that's why you check in before every session you
1: do your own body scan you look to see where you are you look around the environment you know did i have something to eat do i have something to drink you know how am i because we don't want to rush it right but we're on a time clock we know that right cuz like maybe you have another person coming in or you're doing a workshop so there is a we we are looking at the a, a containment of some sort which also is an art to be able to contain it Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now I, I was looking at the clock and I know that I want to talk about the other, the third three. Yeah, I want I was
0: just going, I just wanted to really clarify that because you're getting so yeah. simple is that, and so critical for people. Is that, is that
1: pretty clear? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think so. So now yeah. yeah, you're gonna talk about the three brains. Three oh. brains.
1: So again, you know, not an old thing, um, probably the implicit. Article I wrote was in 2008, so this has been out for quite a long time, and and I know there's a lot more. I always say to a lot of my friends and colleagues, you know, I go, you guys are learning so much more than I did, but you know, I'm talking about what I learned after I've been doing the work, and that's the three brain theories. So I have a brain in my head, I have a brain in my heart, and I have a brain in my gut. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I call it the head, the heart, and the hara. Now I learned an exercise through you that I've taken you know, in different ways uh, with connection. Um, I remember we were in Vermont with a bunch of our other fellow students and friends, students of mine and our friends, and you were doing this exercise. So I, as I was looking at that, I'm going, okay, yeah, that's right. Because if I just operate from my head, I might have an idea about something,
0: right? But I'm not really integrated with my whole body. And that so, doesn't, you throw out what your idea is. You just know that that's what it is.
1: Well, I have the idea. And then am I connected to you through the heart? Hmm. Now, we know that the Institute of Heart Math, and I'm sure, you know, you tell people more about that. That's one where the horses have this big energetic field. But my heart field is bigger than my head, right? So that's my heart. And then my hara or my gut, to me, is that's where I'll feel things like, uh. I don't know whether they're, they're being truthful. They're not, they're incongruent. That word, that big word we use all the time, but they are not quite what they're saying is not really what's going on. But also when I call it the Hara, it's that sort of, that's my go-to place. Mm -hmm. So when I'm looking at somebody, I'm helping them to balance the head, heart, Hara. And a little bit later, I'll talk about a story about a man named Hugh that was doing an active round pen um, uh, exercise that absolutely was perfectly demonstrating that, the head, the heart, and the heart. Mm-hmm. So we have the, the three thing in the limbics. We have the head, the heart, and the hara. What did I say said so there was three? What's the other one?
0: Huh. You said something about the third thing. Well, so far we have the three, there's three, the limbic system. Yeah, right. Head, heart, and the hara, which really looks at the uh, connection between the three brains, the fact that we have them, and the fact that there, we need a connection and the fact that they exist out there and we're relating to others out there yeah. before we even cognitively process it.
1: Right. Well, I have, relate, I have talked about the third thing and you and I have talked about this because we were going to do a workshop one time called the triad of relationship. That's the other three. Yeah. So that's me, that's the client, and that's the horse. So yes. that's paying attention to how I look at it is I pay attention to all different three of these things how's this connection Mm -hmm. and it really helps it helps to sort of have a framework for me when i'm working with someone to sort of see what's going on and then help them so I give them this information that's the explicit stuff for them to be able to know when they need somebody where are they are they in their heart okay that's nice but did they can they get anything done they're trying to like uh they're, they're trying to get their, their team motivated. Well, everybody thinks they're a really nice person, but they can't
0: get the job done. And they weren't clear enough. So Kathleen, it'd be great to have an example of, because we're gonna, first of all, knowing that there are these different places and being able within us and being able to know and recognize where that other person is. If we're doing the relationship, First of all, uh, you look at the horse, you see how they are. You check in with yourself. You see how you are. And so here comes the client. So how do you know where they are? Just right. Because I always say coaching begins the moment of contact. How do you assess for the people who are watching? What is a way to assess where they are? Not an exercise with the horse because how you are assessing them is going to determine what experience you might create. Well, I mean the, before they have the experience of
1: course I'll talk to them a little bit sort of see what's going on you know um then I will I'll do the body scan. You know I'll take them through the body scan. Now I don't do a really long body scan because I think it takes them in their head too much. Yeah. But yeah. I will you know have them either I'll lead them or you know, they scan their body. So what's going on with the body? Then the second thing I ask them after that is I get some information from that. Again, it's information. I'm not making a story. It's just like, huh, okay. They have something on their right foot. Okay. Hmm. Maybe that's giving them information. Maybe it's not. Then I say on a scale of one to 10. Okay. Can you tell me, and I haven't come up with a better word, but what your arousal level is. In other words, look like a temperature. And if someone says they're at a nine, well, then I know that they're probably not ready to go in with the
0: horse, because mm-hmm. that's a pretty high number. Right, so this <laughs> would indicate that they are in their emotional state. Yes. Exactly. So I might
1: Right, and I might ask more questions. Now, nine times out of 10, I'll ask them, because I'm doing the body scan and they're here and the horse is behind them, I'll ask them to turn around and look at the horse. Nine times out of 10, their arousal level will drop because I'm not putting them in with one of the stallions. That's not, you know, that's all over the place. Right. Um, that's my safety. Right. And they'll see the horse. And because they've had the resonance earlier, because they asked to work with that horse, or as you said, maybe that is your horse. Okay. They go because they're not in
0: front of me anymore. Hmm. And they're already they're, beginning the journey to their uh, authentic self.
1: Yeah. So they're in a more neutral place. Mm -hmm. So then they're able to go in. Now, the other thing with the arousal, so you might have, I mean, arousal is just a number. It could could be like, I'm so excited. I want to go in. I can't wait to get in. So that's a nine. Or, oh my God, I'm so scared. You know, that's a nine. Mm -hmm. You know, so it could be, it's not good or bad. It's just an an indication. And again, because you're doing revision with them later, you're going to talk to them about that. Right, yeah. Okay, now the only other thing that happens sometimes and I've seen it happen is someone has no idea where they are. So I might spend a little more time with them because I don't know whether they're totally dissociated. You know, they could be totally out of their body. Well, I want them in their body when they're going to meet the horse. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: That, that's an important thing. Yeah. So that person who is with perhaps that arousal level that's higher whether it's I'm excited or I'm anxious is coming from a heart place. A lot of times, then there's the client that I have had where, Oh, I know how to do this. I've done this before this, blah, 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 That I have found either they're coming, depending on whether it's a man or a woman, I've had men coming from their guts in a very forceful driving way mm-hmm. uh, to kind of overpower. Cause they see the, horse often as uh a uh oh, i'm not thinking of word someone they need oh it's competition yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. so well, you and i
1: you and i worked with someone on, uh, like that together you remember we don't say names but we remember yeah. and this man after he balances balance the head heart hara, he started to cry because he did it came from here like get the job done and he would and he had people that worked for him mm-hmm. and he realized that he might have an idea and he might like you know get it done but that he had lost the
0: connection with them. Mm-hmm. yeah
1: and so because this particular person and we, we both have seen many but this particular person then went back in and had a whole different connection yeah with that with that with that horse that was you know you know what i'm talking about but we see that happening all the time so the other thing is when i work with men sometimes and again this isn't just men you know a lot of people uh especially that have been you know high powered in the business world they don't want to let you know they're vulnerable but we're all vulnerable
0: yeah they are often in their heads right it's either men or women when they just get this is what it is. I don't feel anything. I mean, I I've had people say I never felt anything. What is this? Until yeah. they did. Which <laughs> it might have been like the second day or another time and they were just completely nonplussed. Did you see what just happened? Did you did do, did do, do, because do, do? they're they're relating in a whole different dimension. They're probably relating for the first time. And there were no tears. It was just incredible. Incredible. Oh, yeah, that heart. Yeah, that overwhelming. Okay. Well, I, when I had my have...
1: private practice, um, a lot of my other fellow uh, therapists in town were really good working with women. They weren't so good with men. So I get, the, I would get the, the, the husbands a lot of times or, you know, their are Well, partners. there's different things, like women. Like, well, because, you know, and, and they would say, oh, well, he doesn't know how to express his emotions. He doesn't have any, is what they would say. And i go, no, no, that's not the language. So that's the other thing that the horse will bypass sort of somebody having oh, yeah. to tell us these
0: stories. Yeah.
1: Yeah, somebody somebody having to tell us they could go in and like you said they could have the experience and then they come out from their level and they're sharing with us. So they go in with you know not knowing and sometimes they feel more vulnerable because they think they're going to have a job to do and they're used to doing that.
0: And if they don't, they don't know what they're supposed to do. Yeah yeah but
1: our job then is to also take them as you know where they are exactly i
0: always say you have to meet them where they are exactly because it's all relative and when you have a group it's so common to say well i want to have as good a thing as they had," or i'm not having as good a thing as they have right and so they're in their stories rather than in, in their uh bodies yeah. Yeah, so there's so many things, so so many things where I think it's critical, that's why I ask you the question for you to be able as a practitioner to assess before it's part of how you can use your the integration of your head heart and gut to make decisions on what experiences will be best for request. Also, can you hold the space better if you know where they are and what is needed. So the human, when you're talking about the relationship between the three, you have a very critical and important role to play in order for everything else to happen. And the other thing is the horse. We need to get out of the horse's way to let them do their work. Exactly. So as you said earlier, and we don't know what's happening. Yeah, We may want, people ask me all the time, when do I know when I should say something? And I, well, you mentioned, is it for you or for them? But also you just have to be present in your own body and trust that that part of the triad of relationship has got it. They got it. We just need to hold the space for them. And then the client, you know, the client just, it's where the client is and it's the horse will always know if you don't know what's happening just look at the horse exactly (laughs) and that's
1: why you know it's great when we're working with groups because we've set the group up to be able to give appropriate feedback you know that's one thing we do but Mm -hmm. because they see something that we don't see and then the client didn't see and so that helps them with that limbic revision too because somebody will say sally says well joan when you were in there i saw such and such and joan doesn't remember that because joan was in there and you might not have even seen it, but Sally sees it. So then you'll ask Sally a few more questions about that. And then you can see Joan going, oh, really?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, yeah. Many times, yeah, go ahead.
0: The group uh, certainly plays a big part in this. As in the triad of relationship, the group is one of the, the <laughs> stool legs, if you will. So as we um, as we just kind of wrap up here, I'm really interested in what of all these beautiful things that you've said, as I said, one of the goals of this more, uh more clarity around what is horse wisdom. So from your experience and all of those wonderful things that you just said, what have you learned is horse wisdom?
1: It's body wisdom. You know, horse wisdom helps me learn more about my body and what's going on in every way. It helps me to know myself. It helps me to to take the the sometimes unexplained wisdom of the horse with me. So that I can go back to my body. I can remember what it felt like when I had that experience. And I can take that into my life. Mm -hmm. And maybe I operate more. Uh, as a horse and how I respond to people instead of in the old way that I would respond, maybe asking too many questions or, you know, uh, judging or having my own projections about what they might say. I can actually work at being in the moment because the horses are, that's what they're doing. That's why they don't care what you look like or what your degrees are or any of that stuff. They're, they're happy. that. So when I say I've got horse wisdom, one of my students who's very very good at horses very skilled she goes you I said well you know I don't know as much because Kathleen you don't need to because you are a horse it was one of the best compliments I ever got oh, I you know because it was like oh that's it because that's that ability to be, be able to meet somebody where they are you know check out are they do they feel safe enough to be around are they are they congruent mm-hmm. am I going to be interested but I don't have to figure it all out no. So I don't know whether that answered your question or not. Oh, absolutely.
0: So what I'm hearing is horse wisdom is body wisdom. Right. And if you take that out into the world, It first of all, it helps you to transform through these limbic revisions that we were talking about, yes. right? right? And the awareness of the body and its messages and how do we uh, interpret those? That's part right. of the human in the quiet of relationship. And then when we take them out into the world, take them our experiences added to the world they rest within us and if how they help you to continue to thrive is through recalling that moment within your body
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that wisdom is still there
1: mm-hmm.
0: and should I always say should you decide to accept the mission <laughs> you can apply accept it. you can yeah. apply that wisdom to that current situation Exactly. Did I hear that correctly?
1: Yes. And that's the biggest thing that happens with the, with this experiential learning. That's why it's, it's become more popular. That's why you hear people saying, oh my God, I did this therapy, I did that therapy, all this kind of stuff, but I never really got it because they got that implicit knowing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And- It doesn't and leave. Have, it, doesn't, it doesn't leave. No, 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 no. That's beautiful. Yeah.
0: Well, I will uh, ask you, how would you like to invite people into to your world and working with you? What have you got coming up that uh, where people can experience your kathleen as I always Well, say? Um, you
1: mentioned it. I, I do have a mentorship program, and people can find out about that by getting on my website or contacting me. I'd be happy. I'm and pretty good about getting- below,
0: for those of you who are watching, everything is
1: listed below. So yeah, ahead. right. Okay. Yes. Um, and then I would say the next big thing is something I'm doing with you. Okay, so in February, we're doing something. I wrote it down. Reflections of the soul through the eye of the horse. Mm. And that is a, a retreat that Lisa's putting on in February three days, right? Oh, four, okay. Here at 10. Okay, right. Um, and I think that's going to be a beautiful experience. I think with the people that, are helping facilitate it with you and and we know that when the the people the the people that are going to be coming are going to be just the right people always yeah you know so yeah that's that's it i i still continue to do teaching and workshops in other places but covid just like everybody else has put us behind so Mm -hmm. a lot of my work somebody made um call me and they want to have a zoom call or i still use skype i know people don't all the time but you know or whatsapp i do by whatsapp calls with people overseas all the time so um yeah just reach out to you yeah reach out yeah i guess that's it just reach out and you can also find out more about
0: the retreat in february reflection right. of the soul through the eye of the horse which kathleen will be there yeah so I, I am so honored that you have graced us with your wisdom and your experience and just your beautiful face. And um, yeah, thank you so much for being here. It was fun. Thank you. All right. All right, everyone. Thanks so much. We'll see you later.